fact, the title of the message this morning is You See. You see. And if you can see outside, it's kind of gloomy, kind of, you know, not extremely happy. I heard a lot of people say they'd rather have been in bed, you know, or curled up on the couch under a blanket. God has us here for a purpose. We're not here by accident. It's not just something to pass the time. It's not, like I said, it's not a, it's not a requirement, but it's important. Because together we can worship God, together we can hear from His Word. And like I said, uh, I need every Sunday. I need these times. I need God in such an amazing way because life isn't always great. Um, we get bad news from time to time. You know, we experience things, uh, we go through things. But the nice thing is, is that with God with us, we can make it through anything. It's not determinant on how we feel, because if it was that way, we'd all be in trouble. It's not based on how we think it should be. It's based on Him. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 6, but we're also going to pull some stuff from Galatians chapter 3. Let's go ahead and read. And this is verses 1 through 5. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and Humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get satisfaction and job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Here's the key thought that I thought of, okay? So, it said, you thought you were fair, you see, but you were really sad, you see, because when it's only God, you see, it changes both you and me. So, we're going to talk about a couple of places throughout the Word of God, and we do have to understand that Jesus, in the book of Matthew, said that the law is based and covered through two commandments. In the law, there was a lot of different rules and regulations that had to be followed, but it's all covered within two commandments, and the commandments were love God and love others. And why? Because if you're loving God first, that's going to change your perspective. If you're loving others first, that's going to change things as well. You see? And so I don't have to bear ill will against my brother. I don't have to be jealous of him. I don't have, you know, I, it's not it's not about me, 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 me. It's about him, 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 him. All these laws and regulations that had been set up, that was nothing but just a lead up to a fulfillment of Christ coming to carry and carry all of our burdens and sins. We had to understand that the law was not the final product. Christ was the final product. Because God requires justice, there had to be a payment for what we had done. Before that, we had to see that we were doing something wrong. So God brings, God brought the law. And in fact, Jesus said, He said, you know what? According to the laws and regulations that you built up, this woman who committed adultery should be stoned. And then He's like, but the first of you, the, the ones who were without sin, kept the first stone. And then he wrote something down in the dirt. I believe really he wrote down things that they had problems with. Nobody's perfect. Not even my mother was. And then Paul talked about that the law 
he said, I don't ignore God's law, I obey Christ's law. So what we're saying is, is Christ was the fulfillment of this law that had been set up. But the problem is, is we see things differently. And as human beings, as my dad used to say, it was the best guy to use. First of all, we have to see that it is fair, you see. God had to, there had to be justice, there had to be something to come out of all this, and he had to show us that we were in the wrong. Because after getting removed from the Garden of Eden, and where we ended up, and the life that we've expanded into, there were so many things that we were doing, and there was really nothing to really judge it by, because all that had been given up to that point was the fact that, you know, don't eat the fruit. Well, they couldn't eat the fruit because they didn't eat, they can't go back to eating. And so they just kind of did their thing. So God brought the law so that people could understand that, guess what? Even though you're here on earth, you, you got some things to work on. You, you're not going to make it just by you. And so Galatians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19 says, this is what I'm trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise. For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. Why then was the law given? Here it is. It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. And we have to understand that when Jesus came, what did he do? He tore down the barrier between us and God, right? Where somebody else didn't have to go on our, on our behalf, but we could go before God ourselves and present it. And the interesting thing here is if we're not careful, it becomes a lot about me, right? Y'all heard that, right? my thing, this is how I see it, this is what I think, this is how I'm motivated, and it's all about some kind of fairness. In fact, if you'll notice in the world around us, right, everybody wants fairness, right? You gotta be the right sex. You gotta be the right color. You see what I'm saying? Everybody thinks that they have their own version of what fair should be. And most of the time, if you look around, most people will say that life is not fair. Even me at times, I say things aren't fair. You know, and we just do that. But the problem is, is when I think of fairness, it's in relation of how it affects me. It never seems to be in how relation to how I see other people. And so I get to the point where I know that there is sin there because of what God provided to us. But then there had to be a promise. So basically, God set scale out, right? So it could be weighted. And so there was weight there. But here's the thing. When our sins were heavier than what we could do, the scales were tilted, right? And that's what God wanted to show. God wanted to show that these things were carrying us down, weighing us down, and we weren't able to do exactly all that we needed to do, right? But here's what's interesting. What's interesting, though, is when Christ came on the scene, what happened? He takes care of that stuff once and for all. And then we're able to be lifted and raised to the point to where we need to be. But it had nothing to do with us. Because God even said, you know, there's, there's just no way to keep this. From what we understand, there's, you know, over 600 laws that Jewish people say that you have to stick to. I don't know about you, but I have a problem sticking to a couple of rules. Much less 600 and something. 
And so we have to be careful because what will happen is, is we are looking at people through a glass, almost like a stained glass window. We see people in a perspective that we want to see them. And when I look at myself and what I'm going through, I happen to compare it against other people. That is not the wise thing to do. Not wise at all. Otherwise, you'll end up a basket case. Because why? Because someone will always have it better than you have it. You know, someone will always be doing better than you have it. And you're thinking, guess what? I must be getting punished. In fact, I made a very bold statement a couple weeks ago. People had constantly been telling me, say, you're God's favorite. And so I was like, fine, you're God's favorite. And a few weeks ago, I said, okay, I'm God's least favorite. Because not that God didn't love me, but I didn't feel like I was getting any love shown. You know, on my situations, on my experiences. And so I was like, this isn't really fair, God, because I was comparing myself with other people. And then at the same time, I was realizing that, you know what, I'm better than this person. So, And so we look at things and try to judge life on a fairness scale. We try to get all we can out of it and try to say, this is mine, this is yours. Don't touch this, but hey, I need this. And we tend to look at people and see the worst things that we have in our own self. In fact, I'm taking psychology right now, and I'm just telling you, uh, it's hard going back to school after all these years. After being 20, over 20 years out, I'm back in school. The good thing is, is I'm noticing a lot of things about human thought processes. And according to some of the thought processes, the things that we see in other people are the things we have the biggest problems with in ourselves. Unconsciously, we are trying to affect ourselves for the better, but doing it in other people. <laughs> Which is wrong, because we know I'm just as messed up as anybody else is. And so I can't fix me in you. And that's the interesting thing, right? In fact, it said in the Bible, right? It, you, someone has a splinter in their eye, but you got a telephone pole sticking out of your eye. You know, and it was just like, how can we do that? So honestly, when it's fair, you see, it's never going to be fair. And the Pharisee, the leaders... All these people who came up with all these legalistic ideas, in fact, we've been talking about that in the Wednesday Night Bible study, right, about that legalistic thought process, that legalistic spirit. And so it's never going to be fair. But guess what? It's okay because God's got it. And let's be honest. God's got it. And so it doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I think. It matters what God says. But you have to be very careful about that because God did not give us the law to go beat people over the head. Secondly, there was a sadness that came. Why? Because, well, two purposes. One purpose was the fact that they were sad because they had to maintain a certain balance and a certain understanding and try to follow these laws and these rituals. Why? Because to get to the promise. Second point of that is the fact that once the promise came, they wanted to be able to hold on to what they knew. Even though it was prophesied that it said that Christ would be the completion of the law, no, this is something I can hold on to. And so if if, if this is something I can do, then I'm gonna hold on to that. I can't, this ain't free. God gave us a law to follow. 
And so I think what's sad is, is the sadness is, is that we are blinded to the truth of what God has accomplished in us. That it's a free gift. We don't have to earn it. Have y'all ever heard the fact that there's nothing free in this world, right? It's just, you know, it's going to cost something or somebody somewhere, or, you know, you might get a free vacation, but you got to go listen to a four-hour presentation on getting a timeshare. You go down here and get, you know, 20 cents off of gas, but it took you like 15 bucks to get to that station. You see what I'm saying? And so all these different things that we think about. But Galatians chapter 3, verses 21 through 25 says, Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? And I love it because Paul's like straightforward. No. Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we would be made, we could be made right with God by obeying it. And it was never about that. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came and protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. I don't know about y'all, but how many put up fences to protect your property, right? You put up different things because you have to define an area and say, this is my area. You can do your area. I'll do my area. We're protected, right? And this is actually what it was doing. The law provided almost like a fence saying, as long as you stay within this law, you're going to be protected for now. You're going to be covered for now. But eventually, there won't be the necessity for that because Christ will fulfill the law then what? Then we're protected by God. Just being in his presence. And the thing is, is if we focus on what we can and cannot do, then we lose out on the fullness of what God has given us the opportunity to do. And that's sad. Because so many times, we get so held up with the legal mumbo jumbo that we miss what it's all about. I love it sometimes when people go to the Bible and pull out one little scripture and say, this is it. They're going to hold everybody to a certain standard. And that's the way it is. And I'm just like, you know what? I wish you would see things clearly. Because I'm not saying I'm right. And I'm not saying you're wrong. But I'm saying if we all focus on God, we live a lot better life. Because like I said, it's, it, there is no real fairness in life when we try to see the fair and the value in things and knowing that I'm doing better than this person. Because, you know, honestly, I'll have to say I never imagined that I would still be um, living with my mother-in-law now for five years. Never imagined that in my lifetime. I thought I would have a, a place to stay and live, you know, that was mine, that was our own. I never thought that I would have been without a job for so long. And then I get a job and lose it again. And it's just crazy, you know, because it's like, it's not like I'm not trying, but come on, God, this isn't fair. But see, I'm missing the Up. This world is messed up, and it's going to mess up everybody. And it says what? In the Word of God, it says, it will rain on the just and the unjust. So we're all going to have things come against us. So it's not about that. It's about seeing God in the midst of the circumstance, in the midst of the situation, and not trying to point my finger at other people and realize that that thing that I'm pointing at at other people is really inside of me. 
So guess what? When I get my problems fixed, people look a whole lot better. Why? Because I'm seeing things from the right mind. I'm seeing things from the right attitude. And I'm not going to be sad. Because the last point thing is, is God you see. When it's only God you see. When I am able to see things through his perspective, and when I begin to see things like he sees them, everything changes. And the change starts with, right? It starts with us individually, as people. We weren't placed here to be judge, jury, and advocates and, you know, for people. No, 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 no. We were taught to lift each other up. It's not a no, 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 spat your hand kind of thing, you know? It's not like don't touch this, do touch this, don't do this, do this. No, it's about carrying others' burdens. In fact, if we focus on God, like I said, that's the first, right? The first commandment that takes care of all the law. Second commandment is love others. And so if you look back at chapter 6, it says that we who are, and I love how it says it God way, <laughs> which basically means we that within all that we are going after God, not that we're fully there, but you know, going after God, should gently and humbly help a person back into the right path. But instead, we have the mentality that if you do this wrong, you shun it. Get away. And that's another reason why sometimes people don't come forward for prayer. Why? Because they don't want to be shunned. But the attitude that we should be having is to be able to be here to lift each other up. It's not about like, I'm better than you, you're better than me. It's not about that. But it's about we're going together on a path, right? It says along the journey, because we're going to get back on the right path. We're all on a path for God. And so if we're all going to the same place, we're all going to get there. It's okay. Come along with me. I'm going to help you get there. But no, the attitude of the church anymore, and it's it's religious aspect of what church should be, is, you know, currently, is the fact that, you know, if you wear the wrong thing, we don't want you. If you act the wrong way, we don't want you here. If you are a Christian and you do something bad, you, you just, you're just done. Just watch us online. You because that's the way it is. And why? Because we have to understand that our main mentality is that we see laws and regulations, we see things in the scripture, and automatically we assume that we were put here to hold up that standard. No! Get off that thinking. You are not better than me. I am not better than you. In fact, I love how Paul said it. He says, if you think you're too important to help somebody, you're pulling yourself because you're not that important. <laughs> you have to realize this, and it's so interesting because, like I said, it's built into part of our personality. It's who we are as human beings is we want something out of this. And so what do we do? We feel like we need to thrive or we need to strive for these certain things. But it was never supposed to be about that. It was never supposed to be about us and mine and yours and theirs and all that kind of stuff. It was about us collectively working as a people of God to come together. Because, you know what, James even talked about it in the Bible. He said, don't speak evil against each other. Don't criticize. Don't judge others. Your job is to obey God. Not to judge whether it applies to you or to me. And God is the one who judges. And like I said, I have a huge problem with this. And 
so I'm preaching to myself more than I am to anybody else. But I have been guilty of saying things about other people in the church. I got ticked off one time because Teresa did things a certain way up here on the piano. I didn't like it. And so I made a comment about it. It doesn't have to do with anything. Nothing. I made a comment because uh, somebody prayed the wrong way. And I was just like, why am I doing this? Why am I assuming that it's my way or the highway? It has nothing to do with me. And so it's interesting because I'll hear a lot of people say this, and a lot of people will say that I love our time of worship because I really feel compelled. But then you'll hear some other people go, I just didn't feel it this morning. Well, it's not about feelings. To enjoy life, what did it say in that song? It said, to live, to I worship. To worship, I live. I live to worship. I worship to live. It's about life in Christ. And it has nothing to do with how we feel or the goosey bumps or the goosey pimples that we might get affected by. It's not about screaming and spitting. It's not about any of that. It's about realizing that God has so much more for us. And instead of focusing on how we can fix other people, we need to be focused on how we can be healed. And then when we're healed, made whole, then we need to reach out and help others be healed. And like I said, this is a huge issue. It's a huge problem for me personally that I have to deal with. But I'm just saying that God has helped me to see things so much clearer. Uh, in fact, even this morning, and, and this is, hey, you know how you know when God works it out is when the person who does the sermon, the person who does the song, didn't talk to each other before. Like the songs that were picked this morning, lined up perfectly with what we're talking about. And uh, I didn't recognize that until, of course, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, even the first service, I didn't fully get it. Second service, I laid something a little bit better and I was like, oh my goodness, open my eyes, you know, uh, you know, open up the head, you know, and we're wanting to what? We're wanting to see God for who he is and what he's accomplished. There are things that I say that I will say and maybe not fully believe. Why? Because I don't see it showcasing in my life. And I have to admit it. But the some things is sometimes I don't even feel that way. But I've always said, if God never does another thing for me in my entire life, he's already done more than enough. And I really begin to think about that this morning. It's like, that's the truth. I don't have a right to require God to do anything for me. It's not like God, I did A and B and it says you'll do C. It's not about me or what I can accomplish or what others can accomplish. It's about what I can do in my journey to find God and all he is. Focus on him, being able to see him for all that he is. And then guess what? When I do that, everything else is going to fall into place. Because when I love God that much and I focus on God that much, I'm going to love others. Why? Because I'm seeing things the way he sees them now, not the way I see them. We're going to go into another time of worship here. And when we do, I want you to really think about God, who he is, and what he has. What he has in store, because guess what? He said from the very foundation of the world, before the world even came into existence, that God had already set up that Christ would be a redemptive factor for us all. God knew what he was doing. We don't. Probably never will. We try to think we do most of the time, right? But we don't have it all figured out. And like I said, the next time you start to point out something in somebody else, think about it. It's showing you something that you need to look into.
because it's about how I can get right with God and then how I can get other people to find that as well. Because like I said, I don't know about y'all, but in the past four years now, our world has been turned upside down. There are people experiencing pain, struggle. There's been more cases of panic, anxiety, depression than ever noticed before in time. There have been more cases of uh, suicide, attempted suicide. There have been cases of all kinds of things. Why? Because we segment ourselves. There ain't strength in getting alone. There's not strength getting by yourself. We're supposed to go together. We were never made to be alone. In fact, I heard Pastor Brian say it the other day. He said, he said so much so that the only thing he saw bad is the fact that man needed somebody to be with him. So he created Eve, right? So that there were what? There would be two. There would be people working together in unison to carry each other and help each other along the way. And so start to seek God from who he is and what he does and what he can do for you. And then, in essence, when you do that, you'll then begin to see people differently. Begin to help them along the journey. People out there who have issues, people out there who want to, you know, want to give everything they are to God, and we need to be as a church open to be able to see that. But first of all, we have to see what's inside ourselves and get that corrected. God, we thank you for showing us the things that we need to see in our own lives. We thank you for the experience. We thank you for the time that you're bringing us to certain points. You're showcasing things. You're showing us things, God. But for some reason, we point our fingers at other people. Instead of looking inside and seeing exactly where we need to find the correction, where we need to find you ruling and reigning supreme in our lives. God, we have nothing without you. We are nothing without you. It's never going to be fair. And it's always going to be sad. It's